Start your engines for this year's Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, the showcase for vintage and modern cars featuring an auction and racing runs tomorrow through Sunday. I spoke with two people who will be there throughout the weekend. Mark Kennedy is a reporter and columnist for the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Ken Gross, with the festival, is the director of the Concours d'Elegance. First, Mark Kennedy. Well, I'm a car guy. Let me start by giving you that piece of context. And for me, this is like Disneyland coming to Chattanooga. For three days in October, the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, now in its third year, takes over downtown. And it becomes a mecca for car people. Even You don't have to be a car person to enjoy it, but it helps. It's really a downtown takeover, and it has several different aspects to it. It's grown over the years. It started in 2019. 2020 was the COVID year, so they didn't have it that year. And it was back last year, and this will be the third installment of it. There's really sort of, I like to say, three campuses to it. There's the part around the Weston Hotel, which some people call Midtown, I think. And that's where a lot of the, the cars are actually located. There will be a spot for Ferraris, a spot for Porsches. There's domestic cars as well, and they're all clustered together. That's part of something called the Concours d'Elegance, which is a contest. Each of those car classifications has judging. The people that own and care for these cars are very meticulous in how they keep them, how they restore them, and how they show them. And they come to these competitions and they're actually judged and win awards. For the layperson like me, or probably most of the people at the festival, it's just a chance to see these gorgeous cars up close and get to talk to the people that own them. There's a lot of give and take, question and answer. If you like cars at all, this is the place to be. It's very competitive in this country. There are a lot of Concorde d'Elegance, there are a lot of races, so you have to make a name for yourself, and that's what we're trying to do. Ken Gross will be there as the director of the Concorde d'Elegance. The Concorde is my favorite element of it because it brings together really great automobiles. We have classics, of course, cars from the 30s and 40s, custom built cars that can't even be thought of today because of all the safety regulations and so forth. In the 1930s, you could buy a car the way you would a bespoke suit. And we have cars with custom coachwork. We've got a Fagoni and Falashi-bodied Telbolago from Paris, one of only 14 built. It's just swoopy and elegant. A car that was designed just to be beautiful, just to make a statement, not because of safety regulations and aerodynamics. And I think that sort of thing is very exciting for people who come to the Concorde. They'll see cars like this, cars they wouldn't normally see. For example... A car like the Telbolago that I mentioned, they took about 2,200 hours to make the body out of aluminum and finish the interior in leather. Today, cars zip down assembly lines. The notion of a, of a car that took 2,200 hours to assemble, and from hand and from scratch, sheets of aluminum bent to make the body forms. They don't do that anymore. And then, says Mark Kennedy, there is the racing. If you cross Highway 27, there's a shuttle that takes you under the overpass there and over to what I call the west side. It's being called the Bend now. It's where a lot of the proposed riverfront building that's going to happen over there. And they've built a race course over there. It's 2.75 miles long, and they race in this closed racetrack. kind of has squiggly lines to it. It's kind of like a Grand Prix race. And they have different races for different cars of different eras. It goes all the way back to early 20th century cars, cars with less than 100 
horsepower up through the muscle car era and just all along the way. So there's places to watch those cars race. You can do that. They've built the course. So actually there's a little portion of it that goes through a building. There was an old building from Combustion Engineering, which was a major manufacturer here years ago. And one of those old relic buildings has been sort of carved out and the the cars are going through that building, which is an interesting feature. Not only that, says Ken Gross with the festival. And of course racing, we've made the track longer, so we can't wait to show it to everyone. Andy says, We have SVRA, one of the top country vintage racing groups. They're supervising the racing itself. And the track is essentially in the city. And one of the things we love about this event is you can pretty much walk to everything. And even if it's just a short ride from downtown to the track, I mean, you could walk it. But unlike a lot of events where you have to go miles to the racetrack and somewhere else for some of the other elements, it's all right here in Chattanooga. And one of the things about the track that I think is exciting for people is many of these cars were designed for competition and you so you see them and you hear them and even though they're not as the NASCAR people say trading paint and bumping one another the racing is still very exciting and we have an element of the track now where you'll drive through photographs of blown up photographs of famous drivers and so forth no other track in the country does that Last year, the festival added something new, and Mark Kennedy saw it unfold as a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Yes, new and I'd say very exciting. It's really given the festival a lot bigger footprint, and for car people, it's just really exciting. What they added last year was the Mecham Car Auction. The Mecham Auction Company is based in Wisconsin. It's the biggest collector car auction in the world. They sell more cars than anybody else. Here in Chattanooga, they expect to sell 700 cars this weekend. So in a space of six or eight hours on Friday and Saturday, they think they can sell 700 cars. It comes out if you do the math to like 30 cars an hour over a car every two minutes. So it's very fast paced, very frenetic. A lot of their sales are actually televised on the Motor Trend Network. Ken Gross says last year's auction was almost an experiment. Dana Meekum is the, they are the largest, they sell more cars at auction than anyone, including Barrett Jackson. So they're a big deal. And Dana and Byron DeFour, our founder, they met one another and it became a bromance. So Dana decided to try with about 700 cars last year. And they were very happy with the way it worked, even though they had to juggle some dates. And this year, I believe they have another event in Chicago almost at the same time, but they didn't want to give up their toehold, if you will, in Chattanooga. For those who have never been to a Mecham auction, I mean, it's fast and furious. The auctioneer is kind of yammering out the bids. Uh, cars last very long on the block. They don't sell. Move it off, move it off, let's go. And of course, they usually do when they do that. And you can walk less than five minutes from the Concours downtown to where the auction is being held. Mark Kennedy shares a personal story from the auction. I have two teenage boys, actually one's 20 and one's 15, and we watch these together as part of our father-son bonding. You see a lot of father-sons down here at the festival, by the way. So yeah, last year we actually bought a car. There's a little story behind that. We had a very dear family friend named Walter Hawk, who died of COVID shortly after COVID started, before the vaccines came out. Walter was a car collector, and as it happens, his car collection was part of the Chattanooga sale last year. And the boys had, for their whole lives, every time we went to see Walter, they would ask to see his cars. And there was one particular 1973 Ford truck that they had attached to. When they found out that Walter's cars were going to be sold here in Chattanooga last year, 
they both offered me their life savings to go down and bid on this truck. They wanted it so bad. They wanted it because they liked it, but also because it represented their friendship with Walter. So we gathered as a family and went down there. It's been about a year ago this week. And all my money in order and a target price in mind for what I could spend. And it was probably one of the most nervous days of my life, right? Because I was, it felt like under tremendous pressure to purchase this truck, but I didn't know how much it was going to cost. And I knew don't have unlimited resources, so I'd have to play it by ear. Luckily, I was able to purchase the truck. It was a happy day for our 15-year-old, who is it's going to be his truck when he gets his driver's license here in about a month. So, yeah, I wrote a column about that and got a lot of response to it. But it's just, you know, I think we bond over automobiles in this culture. A lot of people think that cars are going to become appliances, that they're just going to be electric and self-driving, and it's just going to be like your refrigerator. Nobody's attached to their refrigerator. But I think there's always going to be room for people like me who just love automobiles and especially the internal combustion kind that are going to continue to be collectibles, at least for as long as I live and probably as long as my boys live. So we've got this yellow truck in the garage now, and sometimes we just go out and look at it because it doesn't always start, sometimes does. But it's just an example of the connection people have to automobiles and how for a lot of people, like in our family, it's a generational thing. It's something we share with our children. Ken Gross with the festival talks about its organizers and the cause that the event supports. Byron and Ken DeFore, who were responsible for much of the rejuvenation of the West Village, donate the profits from this event to neuroscience research, ALS, stroke, Alzheimer's. That goes to CHI Memorial for the great research that their Dr. Devlin has been doing, world-renowned. And that's something that when you talk to people who are bringing a race car or bringing a Concours car or coming in the rally, and you tell them that what they're doing is indirectly going to benefit this research, it gives everybody a warm and fuzzy feeling. We're not just having fun in our cars, we're doing something great. How did he first get involved more than three years ago? I had a phone call from Byron DeFore four years ago. I didn't know him. A friend recommended me to him, and I did not want to take on a responsibility like this. I was pretty busy with everything I was doing, and when he called me and he said, we've got this startup, and we really could use your help, and I've heard you could do this, and I said, essentially, no, I really can't. I'm just swamped, and he said, well, we'd like to meet you. Could you just get on a plane, come down, and talk with us? I said, Honestly, I don't even have time to do that. And Byron being Byron, he can be pleasantly persistent. And he said, you eat breakfast, don't you? And I said, I do. He said, well, I have my own plane, and I'll fly up. You're near Washington Dulles Airport, and you can meet my team, and then you can decide. I mean, you're going to have breakfast anyway, right? So I drove to the Dulles Airport and sat in a conference room with Byron and the late Jim Pace and Ember Suchet, who's a dynamo, and Corky Coker, and they explained their vision for what this all was about. And this was in May, and the event was in October, and a lot of work had to be done. And I took a deep breath and said, yeah, okay, I'll help. And I've never regretted that decision. Not only is it a great cause, but these are wonderful people, and Chattanooga is just a cool little city. Ken Gross with the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, and Mark Kennedy with the Chattanooga Times Free Press. For more about the festival, visit ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. For festival coverage in the Times Free Press, visit TimesFreePress.com.